I had an opportunity this week to take a really close look at something that I don't struggle with very often, but I am human. And so I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that I don't struggle with anger sometimes. Most people that know me very well know me to be someone who is quite patient and has what's referred to as a long fuse. And frankly, I've never loved confrontation and I will do just about anything that I possibly can to avoid it. But that's really another conversation for another time. That has been uh, also a major part of my my own personal healing work. Uh, but anyway, what I'm talking about right now is from a, the standpoint of mindfulness practice, how it can help us in our relationship to our own anger. And this week, and I guess really almost the past two weeks, I have had some situations in my own life where I have found myself really, really, and I'm talking, I'm not talking a little bit, I'm talking really, really angry. I and mean, I'm sorry if I'm going overboard with that. But essentially, what I found was is that the first time that it happened, and it was two completely different situations with two completely different people or sets of people in this case. And it had, you know, both situations had nothing to do with each other at all. And I, I want to believe that I really wasn't carrying any of the anger from one situation to another. But that's also now that I say that is something that mindfulness practice can really help with as well when I, you know, when I find myself in situations where I may be carrying residual thoughts about being angry at someone and the story and why I was angry with them and why I feel like they did me wrong, so to speak, and, and, uh, and, or feeling that sense of what Buddhists refer to sometimes as injured innocence, you know, that whole, how dare they do this to me? You know, what did I do to deserve this? And what I really want to convey more than anything today is that anger, it took me a long time to realize this. And before I say this, I'm going to also back up and say, I understand the concept and I totally respect the concept and what's referred to as righteous anger. I'm never going to say that it is wrong to be angry or that someone doesn't have the right to be angry because I don't feel that way at all. I think there are times when there is clearly and are clearly situations where it is, you know, a situation where someone is experiencing righteous anger. And I'm not really speaking about that today. And I'm not saying that the anger that I'm talking about, I would, that I wasn't, uh, that I didn't have a right to feel angry. But in this case, though, this was more along the lines of just being what I call garden variety situations. Nobody had really, really harmed me in some way to the point that they had violated my rights as a human being. It was just that they annoyed me in a certain way or upset me in a certain way, but weren't really trying to harm me in any way. And I realize, you know, when I'm experiencing righteous anger, I clearly do not want to suppress that. I want to feel it. But at the same time, I don't want to get carried away with it to the point that all I'm doing is being lost somewhere in my mind, you know, playing the story over and over again, being really trapped in my own thoughts about what has happened and, uh, and all of my beliefs about it. So in this case, this is more along the lines of just what I call the everyday situations that we go through as human beings. And I, I guess what I really want to say more than anything is that 
and I hope I'm not sounding repetitive or redundant, but what I've, what I've discovered the longer that I have been on this journey of practicing mindfulness and practicing mindful coping, what I have realized more than anything is that my anger when I'm feeling this, that it really is something that's happening to me. I'm feeling some sort of energy in my body, some sort of physical manifestation of this, that ultimately then, because my body and brain are connected, the anger that I'm feeling, that I say I'm feeling, is really more of what I should be saying, at least for me. I'm not saying this for anyone else. And it helps me sometimes to do this. It's the anger that I'm thinking. Because really what's happening is I something that someone has done has either annoyed me or hurt my feelings or put me in a position where I don't like what has happened for some reason. And what I'm really going to be doing, if I'm not careful, if I'm not paying attention is I'm going to be thinking about it. I'm going to be making some sort of judgments about something that they did or didn't do that I had expected or hoped that they would. And if they had hurt me in any way or made me feel uncomfortable, then I'm going to be really wrapped up in continuing to think about it and to continue to keep you know, running through in my mind all of my beliefs about what I think happened and my beliefs and my judgments about it. And most likely, I'm going to be replaying this story over and over again. So that's really the first level of this or the first layer of this. And what I generally find is that if I can just become aware again, if I get carried away, and in both of these situations, I will openly say that I did get carried away with my feelings and thoughts of anger. I did. I, I, I found that I spent some time lost in it and it thankfully wasn't a really long period of time but it was longer than I would have liked it to have been because every second that I spent being angry and thinking angry thoughts and continuing to reinforce the 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 negative unhealthy feelings that I was feeling in my body because that's the other part of this I want to remind myself with other, with other people listening is that when I'm thinking about all these things what's happening is the situation happened, and then if I'm continuing to be stuck on it in my own mind, and I'm going to continue to think about it and be locked in this loop of thinking about it over and over and over again and replaying it, every second that I'm doing that, I'm also putting my body through this physiological stress of what had happened in my body. And I know there's been numerous scientific studies that have spoken about how whatever wherever we go in our minds our bodies go through whatever it is that we are experiencing through thinking about something or replaying something in our mind over and over again. And I think this is, from what I understand, has a lot to do with the way the human body stores previous trauma. We tend to store these things in our bodily tissues. And so what happens is the more I'm in my head living there and being there, the more that I'm causing some sort of discord in my own body or some sort of unease. Or I've heard someone say one time that disease, when you say it a little slower with both syllables, you know, it is dis dis ease. So it's a lack of ease and a lack of peace and a lack of being centered. And it's not to say that there aren't some actual physical symptoms that are occurring and some things that are happening physiologically because there clearly are. But that's about as metaphysical as I'm going to get on that for today. But really, this is about 
where I found myself. And in other, and in other words, that's really ultimately the point of, of this in its entirety is what does mindfulness practice have to do with anger? What does mindful coping have to do with anger? And where it really is, is that I can find that if I can just be aware that I'm beginning to think angry thoughts and I'm beginning to deal with this in my mind a certain way and I'm, and I'm stuck on it. Something that I discovered this week, and it probably is the first time I've ever realized this, and this is even after practicing mindfulness for almost 30 years, I never saw it this way until recently. And that is that when I'm thinking these angry thoughts, when I find myself in a place where that's all I can see is I'm just completely immersed in these thoughts about being ang- being angry, replaying the situation over and over again, that is the more I'm thinking about how angry I am and why I'm angry, I noticed that there was this part of me that there was almost like this, what I refer to is it's almost like there was this bottomless pit. There was this hole that could not be filled. In other words, it felt like that all of the thinking that I was doing about why I was angry and what it is that made me angry, that I, it's almost like in a way I was continuing to get, I was trying to get more of something. There was something that I felt sort of empty. There was some sort of hole, so to speak, you know, metaphorically. And I felt like I needed to continue to think about this because somehow, and this is really getting into some very deep, subtle, uh, you know, subtle mental processes. But there was something in which I just, it is, it's almost like I found myself without really asking the question, I believe what I was really doing was starting to investigate a little more deeply and questioning what, you know, if I am locked in this loop of thinking about being angry, why am I doing it? What am I getting out of this? What, if I'm continuing to do this and I know it feels awful and it really doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever. And it doesn't, I know that as long as I'm angry, I'm not going to you know, I'm going to close my heart to someone or to a group of people and I'm going to get completely lost in it. And then I'm going to become the person who's angry. And then that's my identity. And really, I can't see anyone for who they are. I can't love anyone for who they are. I can't really even recognize or honor their humanness in any way or really honor my own humanness if I am busy being the person that's angry. And it's almost in a way, it's kind of like that sort of uh, the situation, you know, the, the young child who's eating candy and just continues to keep eating candy. And, you know, it's not to say that some adults don't do this as well. And I've certainly been one of those people. It's like, you're trying to get something you're trying to, my teacher used to refer to this as he would say, you try to milk something for all it's it's worth. In other words, you have this experience that you're trying to get something out of it. And I guess in some ways I do have to admit as a human being that sometimes it has felt good to be angry. That I've somehow, you sort of get something from this. There's, you know, there's this whole thing about being bitter and angry that sometimes it does feel good to somehow to, uh, to revel in that in some way. And I know it seems counterintuitive, but I, I felt myself on some level, it's almost like I was having a dialogue with myself. I wasn't really talking to myself, but it was like there, this little bit of awareness, this little small space of awareness came open a little bit more of the channel opened up and I was able to see it's almost like I discovered you know it's like I'm, I'm continuing 
It's like, why am I continuing to just keep thinking about this over and over again and why I'm so angry? And then it was almost as if there was this dialogue that I was almost realizing, well, I must be doing this because I'm trying to fill a hole. I'm trying to, somehow I'm trying to, you know, I'm coming from this with a, what's called a, I believe this is called a deprivation model. In other words, I'm, I'm trying to get something that I think that I need. Somehow this is, and then the question, it's a really like a question, am I really getting anything out of this? And then at that point, I began to realize that what fed my ability to be, and this is nothing special, this is available to anyone who is engaging in the practice, that it does give us the ability to open up a, 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 a channel, a higher level of consciousness where we can start to realize, hey, wait a minute, I, I am angry, but what exactly is it that I'm doing here? and Why am I continuing? I know that I'm stuck in this. I know that I'm hurting myself by doing this. Uh, why am I continuing to do it? And I know that, I, that there's no way for me to ever ask those meaningful questions. There's no way for me to ever deeply investigate why exactly I'm continuing a behavior that clearly is not serving me well in any, in any way whatsoever. And I have to wonder sometimes if this is what it's like to be human. In other words, it's so easy to get locked into this pattern of repeating certain thoughts and certain beliefs and judging other people because they don't line up with our, what, what we think is right or what we expect them to do or we don't like what they believe. And then before we know it, it's, you know, I, I realize I've done that before and it's not really, I'm not, it's not really even me that's here anymore. It's almost in a way, it's like I'm mechanically, it almost feels like in some ways kind of like a robot. It's like I, you know, myself as a person who has, like all people, are blessed with the ability to have a deeper awareness of what is happening in any given moment. And there is a wisdom in that and without getting too overly metaphysical again, you know, it depends on how everyone, everyone has the ability to see this differently, that greater wisdom. And p different people call it different things. And so I'm just going to stay very general on this. But essentially, this to me is what is part of the, the, the commonality of the human experience, what it's like to be human. It's there, but I can't ever really see it or benefit from it if I'm too busy thinking about everything that I'm feeling. And so this week, I had the ability to literally, it kind of changed the whole experience of who I was or who I, you know, who I was experiencing myself being, experiencing myself being this week because of the, the fact that the mindfulness practice had ultimately led to some sort of, a, of an awareness that basically kind of essentially opened up a door to really see this in a different way. And I, as I began to realize how ridiculous it really was, and I can't say it without laughing, that I literally somehow felt like I was sort of like storing something up. It's like I was trying to get more of whatever it is I was getting out of thinking these angry thoughts. And at some point, I literally asked myself the question, you know, how, how much is enough? You know, I know I'm, this is a hole I'm never going to be able to fill. It will never be enough. I will do this and from now. If I'm trying to fill that hole or fill that void, I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. And it's, I still will not have enough of whatever it is that I seem to think that I need to have in order to feel satisfied and justified in being so angry. 
And I then began to see that all of the angry thoughts that I had about the person or people that I was angry at and what I thought about them and what was wrong with them and what their problem was, I realized that there's almost, you know, when you get locked into that pattern of thinking those repetitive thoughts over and over again, that there is almost what I refer to as an addictive quality to this. And I realized for the first time and saw it in action in a way I never have before. And suddenly I realized this is really completely empty. I'm really not getting, and that's really ultimately where the awareness went to, is that I began to wake up to the fact that I really wasn't getting anything out of this. Every second that I was continuing to think these thoughts over and over again and to continue to stay wrapped up you know, in this and focused, overly focused on it, I was making myself literally miserable. I mean, really, really miserable. And so at some point, there was almost this sense of, well, if I let go and stop this, then, then, you know, then, then what am I, you know, what's going to happen about this? And then I started to realize, wow, there is really so much more at a deeper level going on about continuing to, to hold anger in my heart towards someone else or other people. It's almost as if there's so much more going on underneath the surface that I was never aware of before. And I want to be completely open and vulnerable about this, and I certainly don't want to be ashamed of it, because it's, to me, it is something that is just what it means to be human. But it doesn't mean that I have to continue to engage in it. I don't have to continue to buy into my th- my thinking about what everything that I'm feeling. And at some point, this goes way past what I'm feeling physiologically, and at some point, my mind is, is really dominating what's going on, and then I'm continuing to uh, perpetuate this physiological experience, this physical experience of what it feels like to be angry or to experience any kind of negative mind state. And so as I began to just kind of what I'd call cool out or cool off, I just was literally to the point where all I could do or really felt like I needed to do was just to breathe in and out and just literally be here and literally just experiencing and exhaling, really paying attention to exhaling and getting that all that energy that was just trapped within me moving over and over and over and fueling all of the thinking about why I was so angry. And it got to a place where I was finally able to just rest and slow down and see that every bit of this was just thoughts in my head. All of this experience that I thought that was so real and it's not to say that it's that it's not real, but it's all really what I have found over the years is that and what I've learned from my own teachers is that it is relatively real. It's only real because I think that it is real. And it's not to say that some of what I experience isn't real, so to speak. But in this case, it's so much of it is relative reality. And if I can just be aware of the fact that there's this whole other experience of, and it's really not an other experience, it is the experience of what is actually happening. And that's what is actually happening in any given moment. It's just the reality or what some people refer to as the truth of what is, of what's going on. And I'm much better off to be there because then I really can, the more time that I spend in that place, I'm able to realize that so many of these thoughts in my head are nothing more than that, that they're not, they don't define absolute reality. They're just my take on whatever is happening or has happened. And then I can just return back to the practice. And it's as simple. It is certainly not easy, but it is as simple 
as paying attention to my thoughts and not being afraid to look at them and not being afraid to the point of running and hiding from them or trying to ignore them or pretend like they're not happening or to divert myself or distract myself in some way so that I don't have to be with my own thoughts. And I know sometimes it's incredibly painful to be with our thoughts, but I also have found that if it is difficult sometimes, it, I found that the benefit in being able to be the best me that I can be and to be a more loving person and a person that's more patient and more kind and more understanding and, and a more giving human being and a human being that is generally suffering less. And most of the suffering is unnecessary. It's just that I choose to suffer because I continue to take so seriously everything that I think about what I feel and I don't have to do that. It really is a choice. And I, and I, this isn't even me saying that it's a choice. This is the wisdom that has been passed down for thousands of years that it's ultimately about really being more fully in our experiences without being swept up by our thoughts about them that we can actually enjoy. And even if, even if it doesn't feel good to be here now and to be in the middle of what is going on, that I still can, even if it doesn't feel good, I can still suffer much less. And all that suffering is needless and really, and really there is no benefit in it that I can continue to be here even when it doesn't feel good, that I'm going to be much better off and that I'm going to be able to actually be more at peace and more able to deal with whatever challenges arise because I will actually be here and my mind will be fully here and it won't be torn between all of these thoughts about something that happened previously or something that I think is happening now and may very well not be happening. It's not to say that I'm always wrong or anyone else is wrong about what they think is happening. But it's, and it's not even really about right or wrong. It's just, it's just a question of presence. It's just really a question of awareness. And that is, and it's not that there's anything wrong with us at all as human beings. It's just that, you know, how present are we really? How in deeply entrenched in what's right here, right now are we? And it's not a competition. It's not a self-improvement project. And it's not proving a point to anyone. It's really just about giving ourselves the benefit and the advantage of being here because this is where it's all happening. No matter where I am in my head, no matter what it is that I'm telling myself about what I think is happening, the only thing that's really happening really is what's really happening. And so I found that with anger, that it has the capacity, if I choose to not pay attention to what I'm thinking, it has the potential to take me to places that are very, very far from here and now where things are actually happening and really puts me in a position where I can do all kinds of damage to other people and to myself and that there's a lot of different ways to do that kind of damage. And it can be as simple as the things that I say. And sometimes the you know words really can hurt other people. And sometimes there's no going back. Sometimes it's hard to, uh, you know, what is said can't be unsaid. And it's not to say that there isn't forgiveness. But at the same time, though, I'd much rather move through life not always having to say I'm sorry and to, to feel regret and to feel badly for the things that I too quickly rushed to say that I really shouldn't have or any behaviors that I exhibited that I should have taken a moment and taken a breath before I did whatever I did. And so I realize now that I have this whole other way of, of seeing anger. 
and this whole other way of realizing that it's more even than just the thoughts themselves. The thoughts clearly are what fuel it and what perpetuate it and what kind of quote-unquote fan the flames of it. But it's also this deeper underlying belief, and a lot of it is very unconscious. I realize that too. That whole idea about it being a hole that I can't fill and I can never get enough of it. I can never quite get satisfied enough with anger. And I think that's all at a very unconscious or a very subconscious, you know, it's very much in my subconscious mind. And I really don't know if I'll ever understand that or where it comes from or why that it's that way with a lot of people. And I can't say that for everyone, but I do know that even I don't have to understand it to heal from it. If I'm aware that it's going on, I can ultimately heal whatever it is that are the manifestations of this. And with anger, I clearly do uh, not want to be swept away by it. And I certainly don't want to get caught up in it because I know that it's not going to do me or anyone else any good. And if I am really uh, upset or angry, I'd much rather expend my time and energy on reconciliation, on if I need to apologize, I want to certainly be quick to offer my apologies, and I want to repair whatever it is that I have contributed to that has, uh, that has caused damage to other people. And I know it's easier said than done, and it, and it is sometimes very hard to say I'm sorry, as the old saying goes. But I know I'd much rather spend my time, what time I have left in this life and whatever energy I have left trying to fix those things that I really wish I would not have broken in the first place. And I, what I found is the best insurance against doing any more of that damage, and not only to other people, but to myself. And ultimately what I do to myself ends up manifesting itself in my behavior towards others. How I care or don't care for myself certainly has a lot to do with how I treat others. The best way, the best, the best practice that I can undertake for that, at least for me, has been to continue to practice mindfulness and to ultimately to cope more mindfully.